Blog Talk Radio. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the... To all you high school recruits out there. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. I'm asking you now. Right? I'm asking, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. It ain't hating on me, Chad. You know, I got to be something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Mira san. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Go get out of my face with that crazy stuff. The number to call, 347-633-9365. Y'all got to take, y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Studs. And now, your host, Chad Welcome to the Great Iron Stud Show. It's been a while. Hurricanes and stuff got in the way. I don't know if you've been paying attention if you're outside of the state of Florida, but we've had a little bit of trouble with wind and rain down here in the state of Florida. We've danced with a couple of hurricanes. We've survived, though, as we always do down here in the state of Florida, and I'm back again on the air. The Great Iron Stud Show. I'm solo today. My co-host, Emil Calamino, he's playing around out west doing something out there in Los Angeles. Guy just takes a day off. Come on, man. But nevertheless, I hope he's having a good time. He's out in Los Angeles uh, on a little mini vacation. So I'm out running this thing by myself today. Have no fear. We'll get it done. Coming up on the show today, got some college football and NFL picks. It's the first of the year because, again, we've not been able to be on air for the last two weeks. So this is essentially the first football Friday show of the year. And uh, so we'll get into some selections. I'll have Amos picks. I'll have my picks uh, as we do every year. Also going to talk some high school football with Joshua Wilson from Florida HS Football. Uh, many of you follow him on Twitter. So we'll have him on here and talk about the developments. Hey, uh, the Gridiron Stud Show isn't the only thing that's had to take a hiatus for the last two weeks. It's been high school football, but it's back uh, at it again tonight. And uh, this weekend, as uh, high school football resumes in uh, in all over the state of Florida, and uh, myself, uh, as many of you know, I'm a coach at American Heritage. We have a big game tonight. It's uh, it's a TV game, ESPNU, American Heritage, taking on Chaminade High School. Really excited about that. A time uh, for some exposure for both programs and players uh, looking to advance themselves. Uh, so exposure for for players on both teams and a great opportunity for us tonight as American Heritage takes on Chaminade 7 p.m. Eastern time 
on ESPNU. But before we get into all that, uh, there's a new sport in America. I don't know if y'all have been paying attention. Have y'all seen it? Perhaps you've uh, even played it a few times yourself. It really is sweeping the nation. You cut on your TV and you'll see it being played quite often. Oddly enough, politicians are the best at it. But now, even the most minuscule amongst us uh, are partaking in the new craze. The new sport in our country is called the blame game. Yeah, have you seen it? It's the one where people act up, do wrong, and then frantically search for a person or people to blame. Once they find that lucky someone, they cram it down our throats for the rest of us to digest. With each round of action, we accept more and more of it. Hell, we even come up with new diseases and diagnoses to accommodate the action. It's all one big setup, though, especially for our youth. Personal responsibility is going out the window, and it's going fast. Get caught acting crazy in public? Blame it on the alcohol. Hey, think there's even a song with that title? When last I checked. Act erratic and bring harm to yourself and others? Blame it on the drugs. Rob, steal, commit crimes? Blame it on being oppressed. Act irresponsibly, causing death to a dear friend or some co-workers? Blame it on your depression. Our current society has a way for you to get out of or attempt to get out of almost any situation that you put yourself into nowadays. However, don't be fooled. These excuses are going to work for some, but not all. Our youth are strapping on these imaginary bungee cords and jumping off of cliffs, expecting to be snapped back from danger and returned to safety. What many of them are finding out is that that bungee cord snaps and the results can be catastrophic. Hey, just yesterday, CTE may have been offered as a possible cause for gang activity, murder, and malfeasance dating back decades. We're currently debating whether criminal behavior like stealing and fraud amongst college athletes can be attributed to the fact that they aren't getting paid enough to play a game at the college level. You can buy into this train of thought if you want. Go ahead and strap on that imaginary bungee cord and play games with your future. My recommendation to our youth that are listening to this and to the adults who are uh, mentoring any youth, don't have them sign up for that blame game. It's a bogus game where the champions eventually tumble hard. Jump enough times with that bungee cord, and it'll malfunction. People accept your excuses for as long as they seize value in you to advance their own personal cause. All the while, you get used to doing wrong and making excuses. At some point, your value decreases. Your excuses increase, and the bill comes due. Own your screw-ups. Knowing that your behavior is on your shoulders will make you less likely to go do wrong. Essentially, how many times will you jump off of a cliff if there's no bungee cord available? Yeah, that's right. Probably zero, unless you're into committing suicide. The blame game is sweeping the nation. I'm telling you folks out there, don't get caught up in it. It's claiming many, many a future star. All right, that's my monologue there. You can agree or disagree. If you want to call into the show today, the number to call is 319-527-6059. It's 319-527-6059. So what do we have going on out there? How about those Rams? For the second time this season, the Rams put up 40-plus points in a game. I happened to witness the first one, much to my chagrin, uh, on opening day, opening Sunday, as uh, they piled up 46 points on the Colts. Um, you know, looking at it, you'd say the Colts were terrible in that game and, uh, that attributed to what the Rams did. Well, Hey, the Rams went out and did it again. Now, San Francisco, obviously a struggling franchise at the moment, but Hey, listen, there are a lot of struggling franchises out there. that don't give up 40 something points. Um, there's something going on with the Rams and it's good. I love the way they're using Todd Gurley. 
I love the way they're using their weapons. Jared Goff doesn't look as inept as uh, many wanted him to look last year. And he, you know, he didn't look great. This goes to show, man, coaching means something, even in the National Football League, where they're all professionals and they're grown men. It means something. There's people out there that really don't want to give a lot of credit to coaching, but, hey, how do you? Um, what's, what, what, what's the reason that you can come up with as to why the Rams are now a team putting up 40 points in their 2-1 and one to start this football season? I mean, they look pretty good offensively. Defensively, uh, not so good last night giving up 39 points to the San Francisco 49ers. But this is, um, you know, for the TV ratings, this is very much an offensive league, and the Rams look the part right now, Um, going out and putting up, again, 40 points for the second time this season, 2-1 and on the year. Got to be impressed with that. South Florida uh, in college football on on major TV again, primetime, taking on Temple. Last week it was against Illinois. I believe it was a Friday night game. Um, Illinois did not look very good. Kudos, uh, I mean, the same again for Temple. I mean, Temple's got a long way to go. You know what's blowing my mind, though, folks, is what I'm seeing as college football quarterbacks with some of these programs. I mean, Illinois was struggling big time at the quarterback spot. I, I mean, it's just completely inept at the quarterback spot. I mean, you got guys that just can't throw a forward pass. They're inaccurate. The footwork's terrible. The arm angles are terrible. They're not reading the field. They're throwing in a double and triple coverage. Like, what's going on? And there are a lot of good quarterbacks out here in high school that don't get recruited. I would dare say the love and the quest solely for the measurables is showing up the most at the most important position in college football. A lot of these programs are going after guys solely on measurables and putting up with things that you just shouldn't put up with. I mean, these guys can't throw a forward pass. So, again, last night we get Temple's quarterback. Don't know his name. Didn't care to look it up. I was not inspired by his play. But, sure, look the part if you're, you know, into what a guy looks like coming off the bus. Tall, handsome, well put together. Can't play a lick. And I'm not one to take off on a young guy, but my God, you're telling me that's your Division One football program, that's the best thing you have at the quarterback spot? Especially when I see what we have running around at quarterback um, throughout this country, especially down here in South Florida that can't get recruited. Come on, man. What are we doing? But it's uh, one of the things in uh, – College football recruiting that you just have to deal with now, and a lot of uh, parents and players um, are put off by it, disappointed in it, where uh, the only way for you to get a scholarship sometimes is just to meet those measurables. And if you don't meet those measurables, um, you've got to go so far above and beyond to prove that you belong. And then when you do get in the door, they're still trying to recruit the measurables guy behind you next year. And your opportunity at said program is uh, very small. You, uh, you, you often only get one if you don't meet the height weight requirements. And then they're going to exhaust themselves with the guy that looks the part that's behind you on the depth chart. It's amazing. But, you know, two primetime games I've had a chance to watch, both involving South Florida, who doesn't have a problem at the quarterback spot, although, you know, that wasn't. Um, 
that wasn't Winky's best game for South Florida last night, and he would admit that. I have a problem at that spot. But Illinois, Temple, that's what you're rolling out there at quarterback? Man, it might be time to get back to recruiting the position um, and looking at a little bit more than height. I mean, there's too much of a love into height and uh, uh, arm strength. Man, how many times are you going to launch a ball 65, 70 yards down the field? I get it. You want it for that one moment where you might need to be bailed out, but let's try not to be in that situation. Everyone wants you know, a guy like Felipe Franks who can uncork a 65-yard pass uh, at the end of the game against Tennessee, but how often are you going to find yourself in that situation? Your job as a coach, uh, as your staff, as a program, you don't find yourself in that situation very often. But how about someone who could be competent back there, make good decisions, look decent in their footwork, and throw with a certain amount of accuracy? I, I mean, I felt really bad for the receivers for both Illinois and Temple. What chance do you have? I'm trying to shine here, too. If you want to know why wide receivers are divas and uh, they're a little bit out of their minds and they act crazy and erratic, it's because a lot of their success, virtually all of it, depends on the trigger man. And when your trigger man can't hit the side of a barn, what are those guys doing? Almost everything for those wide receivers are the numbers, the kind of numbers that they could put up. When you're putting in work and you get open on a guy, you know, you beat your guy, you do your job, you get open, and this guy can't come within a zip code of, uh, you, you know, your window to get you the ball. Man, what are, you, what are you supposed to do about that? That would drive you crazy. It should drive you crazy. So I don't know what we're doing in college football, but uh, that's something to pay attention to. What are we doing at the call, at the quarterback spot? Is everyone chasing that um, prototypical cookie cutter guy? And uh, you know what's the dangers of doing that? All right, I'm going to take a break. When I get back, talk a little college, a little more college and NFL football. We got Joshua Wilson coming up here in about ten minutes on the Gridiron Stud Show. We're going to talk Florida high school football. Stay with us. We'll be right back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Mama told me, Sure, summer's gone, winter's here. But that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen-printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, 
The paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. That's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! What are you doing? I'm doing some sweet bung sound moves. I'm a little better than everyone else here. Erickson, you must follow direction. You rack a discipline. Nuh-uh, I don't rack a discipline. Minasa, you all need more discipline. True discipline come from within. here on the Gridiron Stud Show. College football moving fast, hot and heavy on the season. I mean, we're three weeks in, basically, and uh, we got guys on the hot seat. Kevin Sumlin in Texas A&M. What's going on? Every game is a complete and total struggle. Did you see them last week against the Raging Cajuns? I mean, what what is going on out there? Afraid these guys might hang it up on on someone, and uh, I mean, no one really wants to see that. I do believe he's a good coach. There were some questionable decisions made in that opener against uh, UCLA, to say the least. Play selection, you know, which is funny because people will take off on a guy for that. I've noticed that in games, they will talk about, oh, you know, great call by Kevin Sumlin. There was this offensive coordinator that makes the call. You know, that's the defensive coordinator that uh, makes those defensive calls. Rarely do they ever, you know, give credit to those guys for the calls. Um, likewise, though, they 
don't really blame them either. But, I mean, that's, that's what's happening there, those coordinators. And uh, true enough, the head coach is responsible for, um, you know, the, the hiring of the offensive and defensive coordinators. So at the end of the day, yes, true, it's all on them. But, you know, I don't know, uh, maybe Sumlin could have reached into the uh, headset in that UCLA game and wrapped his uh, hands around the throat of that offensive coordinator, say, can you run the ball, please? We have a nice lead here. We'd like to shorten this game. And uh, what you're doing here is essentially what happens in the final two minutes of a college basketball game where they just call endless timeouts, and the final two minutes takes 45 minutes. That's all that happened in that game. Texas A&M was knocking UCLA sideways, and they extended the football game and allowed UCLA all types of opportunities to get back in the game. Really a, a, sad, a sad thing to see. But nevertheless, we've got guys on the hot seat. Some games coming up this weekend. Florida State's back in action. It's been two weeks for them. They're on the field taking on North Carolina State. James Blackman, young freshman, uh, getting the start with uh, DeAndre Francois being out of action. Uh, the, the Seminoles have not been able to protect DeAndre Francois um, in his time as quarterback for Florida State. And if you've taken a look at James Blackman, a uh, very slim young man. I don't know how many hits he's going to be able to take. So. Um, either Florida State's going to come up with a hell of a max protection plan or a serious fire needs to be lit up under the rear ends of all five of those guys on that offensive line to protect this kid because he's not going to take the hits the way that uh, Francois did. And I don't know what the plan is behind Blackman, but if you block for Blackman the way you did for Francois, you're going to find out what that plan is very soon. Georgia and Mississippi State suddenly becomes a really big game, especially on the heels of what Mississippi State did to LSU last week. Completely whitewashed those guys. I mean, a complete smacking. Came out of left field with that. So let's see if Mississippi State can continue with uh, that momentum as they take on Georgia on the road in SEC action. Tennessee, uh, I'm going to have to pick up the pieces after that uh, Hail Mary, heartbreaking, heart-wrenching loss to Florida last week. Good thing for them is they get UMass at home. It is a noon kickoff. Florida now must come down off of that high and head out to Kentucky. And, you know, everyone and their mother um, jumping on the Kentucky bandwagon here. They are 3-0. and They've lost, I believe, 30 straight to Florida. And uh, just about everyone that I've seen on social media is predicting an end to that 30-year streak. I uh, don't believe that Florida could come down off that high or that they are playing well enough offensively to go into Kentucky, Lexington uh, at 7.30 at night and get the win against the Wildcats. Motivation there for Florida uh, to kind of smack them out of whatever high or you know hangover they may have after that Tennessee game. University of Miami is back on the field. They will be hosting Toledo at home. It's been two weeks for them as well. It seems like forever since the Hurricanes have been out on the field. Um, they get back at it at 3.30 on Saturday, tomorrow, as they take on Toledo. Uh, Toledo, a team with a lot of offense, not much defense. This is a time for Miami's offense to shine. Um, also a chance for the defense to kind of tidy up some things uh, that didn't look all that great against Bethune-Cookman. I expected a better you know, defensive performance from Miami there. But, again, first game out the gate. Let's see if they can tighten things up. The Canes are 13 now, 13.5-point favorites in that game. Uh, Washington and Colorado, this was your Pac-12 championship game matchup last year. Uh, revisited. 
10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on Saturday, Washington and Colorado. Get uh, get back up and get it going. Ohio State back on the field, taking on UNLV. God bless UNLV. It's going to get ugly for those guys uh, as Ohio State is going to have to do something for some retribution. Notre Dame, Michigan State, this was a, a you know, at least in my younger days, this was a very, very exciting matchup. Still is, two marquee names, but not what it used to be. It's a primetime matchup on Fox. Notre Dame is your road favorite. I don't know if I agree with that, but they are your road favorite uh, against Michigan State in that one. Auburn and Missouri. Um, Alabama taking on Vanderbilt. They got folks out there talking about, like, Vanderbilt might have a chance in this game. Yeah, you can bet Nick Saban ran the hell out of that entire team, most notably the defense, for allowing 23 points to Colorado State last week. I haven't had a chance to see any of the Nick Saban press conferences. Uh, press con- Let me get my act together here. I might be concussed. But uh, I haven't had a chance to see Nick Saban in any of his press conferences this week. He could not have been a happy man, not at all happy with what uh, went down last week, especially towards the end of that game with uh, Alabama and Colorado State. Here's one to keep an eye on. Oklahoma State has absolutely rolled in their, uh, in their opening uh, few weeks here and looked every bit like uh, a team that can make it into that Final Four at the end of the year. But they've got a tough one uh, at home against TCU. And the reason I say that is back-to-back blowouts um, early in the season could have you feeling a certain way about your squad, and you may not exactly be that. And TCU flying low, a team that I expect a lot of big things in uh, out of this season. My co-host didn't really uh, agree with me on that, but they are 3-0, and and um, sitting here as double-digit um, underdogs in this game, TCU um, coming in. Oklahoma State might be on upset alert. So just some games for you to look out for uh, in the college ranks this weekend. But we're going to slide back to high school football. Um, it's been, like I said, it's been two weeks for Florida State. It's been two weeks for the University of Miami. And it's been uh, two weeks for a lot of the high school football programs in the state of Florida as we've had uh, Hurricane Irma come through, sweep through the bottom of the state, turn back onto the middle of the state, run right up through the top of the state. I don't know what Irma's problem was. But she made sure she touched every part of the state and affected just about every football, high school football program in the country. And here to talk about uh, the return of high school football in the state of Florida is Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. Josh, how you doing? Football is back in high school. Uh, I, hey, I'm still trying to get my mindset back together. <laughs> if people tell you a hurricane doesn't mess with your mindset, they're totally wrong. Tell me about it. And we got Maria hanging out there in the Atlantic and all the spaghetti models have it uh, taking a U-turn. But now who's trusting that anymore? Uh, Stop people in Florida right now. We're all on. Yeah, everyone's on, everyone's on alert. And look, if there's any variation off of those spaghetti models, um, Home Depot, Lowe's, uh, Walmart, and Publix are all going to get a serious run once again for all of their supplies, not to mention the gas stations. Uh, I mean, look, Irma was, oh, a little, Irma was a little bit drunk. She was very much DUI on that thing, weaving around the state and you know, defying all the models. So forgive us if we're a little bit skeptical about what they're saying about Maria. But let's get on to the yeah. football arena thing. Let's get back into that. Uh, we have our game tonight. It's on ESPNU, ESPNU, Florida football on full display for the entire country as Chaminade takes on American Heritage. I mean, yes, you are on 
with one of the coaches. But what are your thoughts on the game tonight? Oh Give it to us man! Considering you kind of look at it this way, nobody plays in two weeks. It, it, it really, it's really who do you go with? You really can't two week layoff. It's going to be really a kind of an eye opening on national TV for those two for both for both teams. And the fact that hey, we haven't played football in two weeks. What, what sure. are we doing? You know, I, yeah, I think absolutely. that's what's going to kind of happen. I, I think, you know, I went to a game on Monday night, and you could tell it right off the bat. You could just see it in everybody. It's just like, yeah, we haven't played. We haven't done anything. We haven't even even the officials. It seemed like they, they, they you could tell they were off. So, I mean, I, but if you really want to look at the roster, I, I, I have to I have to go Heritage in this one. It's just it's it, the the roster speaks volumes for for Heritage. I mean, yeah, Shamrock's got a good roster too, but. I mean, it's it, it's a battle, three A, five A, but I, I take the five A team any day of the week on this one, probably. You know, it, it depends. Again, it's 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 the matchup. It's American Heritage is going to. It's the Patriots are good again this year. Mm. <laughs> what we saw the first two weeks, yeah, I would not question what American Heritage is doing. So, give me Heritage in that one. I think. Hey, we even got the Pinkos line, so I mean, I'll tell you right, right now what the what. Yeah, I just Pinkos looked at it. Pinkos, Pinkos is saying American Heritage by two touchdowns. Of course, anytime you get something like yes. that, it's a uh, motivation for for the underdog certainly, and uh, I'm sure the folks over there at Chaminade are aware of that. So they'll come in hard and strong. Hey, another big one down here down south, Northwestern and Booker T. Um, Booker T. Um, on the mend after their opening game with us. Um, it'd be a big feather in their cap if they could go out and knock off a Northwestern team that looked very good before a hurricane came through and uh, knocked out some games here for two weeks. What's your thought on that one? I mean, that, that's going to be that's – a, that's an epic battle. I mean, Northwestern and Booker T. I mean, I mean it, 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 if you really want to take a look at the – I mean, it's like, it's, it's like a sophomore frenzy this week with, with the teams, and, and I – you know, this one with Northwestern, I mean, it's, I like what Northwestern's done. I like that Booker T's kind of getting back on track here. But North, I'm kind of leaning Northwestern here this week. You know, some people are going to say, well, Booker T has a chance. Well, Booker T's got a chance. The line is only 11 for for Northwestern. So, you know, that, that, that that's a game that could go either way. It's just a matter of who gets off the ball fast. And he's, he's, Good, because I was going to ask you that. When you say it could go either way. I was going to ask you, what kind of game you think you're going to see here? I mean, could Northwestern run away with this thing? Could they just overwhelm these guys? Or do you see a whole back and forth that's uh, going to have people on the edge of their seat? That, 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 that's a potential back and forth game. It just depends on who makes the better plays at the end of the, towards the end of the game. Because, I mean, again, it's – you're not playing 12 minutes. You're not playing 24 minutes. You you got to play a 48 minute game. You can't just oh well we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna play a half and then then it'll be all easy breezy. That's not how you play football with these powerhouses. Yeah, and experience would tell us because we you know well we played both Booker T and uh, Northwestern last year. We played Booker T again this year, and I'll tell you um, if you could remember in the Northwestern game we had a pretty solid lead going into the half. And uh, those guys worked their way all the way back in, and it came down to a final a final play. And then the same thing pretty much with Booker T. We had a very big lead at the half. Um, they worked their way back into it. I mean, we're able to re-seize control towards the end, but uh, they certainly made their run after it. And that's just the mindset of uh, the kids from this part um, up South Florida. They're just not going to die. Football's everything, and it uh, can be nothing but fun when you get – that kind of attitude together with two teams. I think we're in for a good game tonight. 
definitely. And I think another game I know you're probably going to bring up here is that Miami Central IMG game because that one is very sure. interesting. That one is also also on the spark of, of you know, I, I think I want to talk about it because if you've looked at the Pinkos line on it, it, it shocked a lot of people this week. Right. Um, well, what what are your thoughts on that? And, you know, maybe we could get into a little bit about, you know, about IMG and the whole idea of IMG. IMG and and what folks should 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 think about IMG because you know listen I've, I I had a friend call me about two years ago and uh, from from out west uh, and when I say west I mean California said hey what what's 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 IMG what's that IMG thing uh, I said it's a, it's a, a basically an academy down here um, college prep and um, you know it's 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 growing down here. he goes well you know we had a we had a top kid from out this way head out there and, and people out here want to know what's going on so um i do see pinkos has central by six over img that's, that's a surprise i would have thought the other way img by six what do you make of that yeah i would have thought i i, I i'm kind of i'm kind of shocked i mean I, I to me i think maybe the one reason why this line is this way is because one central did beat bishop gorman two weeks ago Two IMG has not played a game in two weeks either, which is a really hamper sure. them. Yeah, but also you got to look I, into I, this. Um, Central right. spent a whole week out west, out in of Vegas, their element. It's it, got to be an adjustment. I, it, it's it's going to be an adjustment. I mean, again, it goes for all these teams. It's totally a, a big adjustment going back to the hurricane, but on this game particularly, you know, I, I, I don't, to be honest with you, I think Central may still have a boost of confidence still, you know, the fact, even though it's been two weeks since you beat Bishop Gorman, that the fact that you, you, you know, you beat Bishop Gorman in my mind is potentially that you could actually win. You could, you could win these other games here sitting here on, on your, on your docket. True. Uh, you know, no, no, the fact no doubt I'm, about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, in my mind, if, if Central can beat Bishop Gorman, which some people compare Bishop Gorman is to like a, like an IMG in the West, you know, what was to say that they can't be IMG? I think, hey, they're going to give IMG a game. I, really, I haven't, uh, want, I haven't checked. Is there any television for this game? Can folks down here see that game? Uh, I believe – I know IMG usually will stream their games, and that might be the where it's going to be at. So yeah, and, and typically, their, their where do they where do they stream the games? I think it's on our IMG Academy website. I'm not exactly 100 sure. I've seen them before. I, I again, it, it, when it comes to coverage of the thing, I focus on the teams that okay, well, the teams are going to be the ones that are going to play for the state championships in Orlando come December. You know, IMG is not one of those teams, and you know, I, I know the mindset of a lot of people about IMG in this state is just like you know, IMG is not. You know they're not one of us with the schools because they they don't they you know they got kids from everywhere not just Florida. Yeah, and, and since I'm you are to... you know since you're someone who's really up on those things, um, and there may be people out here who don't understand why that is the case. Being uh, IMG cannot play for uh, a state championship. Can you just briefly lay out to people why that is the case? It's because it, well, when they when the FHA get, they gave them the green light to join the association, they said they gave they basically they put it in the thing that they would not be able to compete for state championships. That was the one agreement they put in there. That was about five years ago. Put it in there basically to say, okay, you, okay, you can be a part of the association, but you're not going to compete for state championships because we know that you recruit kids from other states. 
So that's so pretty much what, what they, they, they were praying for. Would there have been another option for them, and what if they weren't a part of the association? What difference would it have made? So essentially, I'm saying, what's the advantage to them? What is it to IMG if they're part of the association? What do they get out of that? I really really don't know what they get out of it, to be honest with you, because with with the way the state laws work now, I mean, the FHA can't tell teams that they can't play a a non-member from the FHA, you know, non-FHA members. So basically, they could have. Miami Central could have scheduled this game no matter which way. IMG could have scheduled it no matter which way. So it really doesn't. It really doesn't. I really don't know if IMG benefits from having the membership other than just being able to be state compliant with the rules and know what the rules are for the other teams when they do play them. And I think that might be probably probably for their way to know how to keep keep updated with things. That's that's probably what it is. Yeah, I, that's something I just page. that's just something that I I, I wondered about um, what what why they were even in the association because they're gonna they're they're playing people from all over the country essentially they're gonna and that's gonna have to be the case for them more and more because you know less and less people want to take on IMG given what they're able to put out there on the field and just in oh, a general yeah. protest. Oh yeah, totally. I mean that's the thing. It's like I mean I mean again, it, it you, you see I mean George. Georgia teams won't allow, won't, 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 I mean, the GHSA in Georgia says, no, you can't play, you can't play IMG anymore. So a lot of states are kind of shutting it down, and it's like, you know, you start to see it. You know, you saw a few teams on the floor. You just, it, it, this year it would seem like they had a few more Florida teams on the schedule than they had in the past couple of years, and I think some of it is because states are now starting to realize, uh, no, we're not interested. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not, they're not. Yeah, hey, they I mean, I get you on, on that. The schedule, so, yeah. So totally, I mean, it, that's the way it goes with IMG. It's just, it's, it's one of those things. It's they're they're here. We're gonna have to accept they're here. But you know, why the way if you want to follow them, good. If you don't want to follow them, that's fine as well. We still got 550 other club teams in this state to to watch and see what goes on. So what else is big tonight in the state of Florida that we need to pay attention to? Oh man, well there's 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 a there's a good matchup at Dr. Phillips tonight with the Mainland Buccaneers. Again, you know all these teams have been off for about two weeks now. They haven't played a game. I mean, Mainland's last game came on Labor Day against Bartram Trail, and they lost that game to Bartram Trail. So, and that that was that was one of those things right there. It's just like you know, for for Mainland and Bartram Trail, you know, for that that game was just it was it was it was it was a on Labor Day, that was a it was an emotional matchup because Mainland never got ahead on Barton mm-hmm. Trail, and now they got to figure out okay, regroup two weeks later, play a powerhouse in Doctor Phillips. Well, Doctor Phillips hasn't played in two weeks either, so it's that's right. the thing. And and then you and then you start looking at some of these other matchups around the state, and again, it's just you know, I mean, it, it you know, I I will talk about two very interesting ones that you know a lot of people you don't see this every day. Is where you get a one A team playing a seven A or eight A team, and we've got two of those matchups this week. Mm. Which we got, we got Pahokee and Vero. seven A Columbia Matt, seven, yeah, Pahokee and Vero. So that's a one A eight A. Then we have a then we have seven A Columbia at one A Madison County. So those two games are going to be highly interesting to see. Again, the one A teams kind of pull a little surprise on us and say, wait a second, hey, we can compete with the big boys, or is it the big boys going to show that hey? The classification number may do may sometimes does matter in these matchups. And you know, it, typically in the long run, it ends up you know usually a depth thing. 
Well, uh, Pinkos thinks Madison County has a better uh, chance in their game than, than Pahokee does, and I might tend to agree with right. that. Yeah, M- Madison County, usually because Madison County, it, it, if you look back over the years, Madison County, their enrollment numbers have been a little slightly higher, even higher than what Pahokee has by any means. And then it's uh, basically just looking at it, you know, thing. Really, if, if we're in tradition, it's hard for teams to go to Madison County to play at Boot Hill Stadium and to win there. That's usually it. That's been the thing. It doesn't matter the size of the team. It's the atmosphere. The atmosphere kind of rattles teams, so to speak, when they with the visiting teams going in there. So it's it's basically that kind of thing. And, you know, Madison County. But Madison County has proven from time and time again more often than – I mean, Pahokee has done it is that they can win against these bigger teams. And Pahokee has beaten a couple other bigger teams this year already, you know, and the, the, the first two, first couple of games they were able to get in before Armour came through. But Girl Beach is going to be a tough test for Pahokee. I'll tell yeah, you that no. right now. But that, hey, it's, a good, it's, a, it's a good matchup. It's a good matchup against heavyweights from the respective classifications. It's just a matter of does Pahokee have enough to play against that Vero Beach, you know, that a very strong Vero Beach team that comes out every year and has players, you know, I mean, they got a large attendance zone in Indian River County. I just don't know if Pahokee's going to be able to, con- to contest with that in this case. What are the prospects long-term for Pahokee this season? Uh, another appearance in the state championship game, uh, hopefully clean this time. Is that a possibility for them? What are they looking at? Oh, Oh yeah, that's a, that's a possibility. It's it, I mean, if you look at if you look at the re, region four, it's only eight teams in the region in Class One A, and there's there's four seeds up for grabs. And I, I expect Pahokee to take the number one seed, to by far no no doubt in my mind. It's just a matter of you know, in the cases who do they get on the opposite side when it comes to a potential state semifinal? Well, that that question remains. It, could it be Madison County? Could it be? You know, it, you know, you, you don't have Newbury because they moved up to 3A, so you don't have to worry about them. But uh, I mean, Dixie County is another team I would consider to be watching out for. Some people say, "Oh, we're not going to be good enough." No, Dixie County's five and zero after winning last night. Right. You have to keep an eye on these teams that are all of a sudden. Wait a second, they're five and zero. We didn't expect them to five and zero. Those are the teams you want to watch out for because those are the teams that are going to be most dangerous because you didn't expect them to be here at this point. That's Certainly, where, that's what. That's why. That's yeah, and staying on like, staying on that tune. Yeah, and staying on that tune. I know we're only um, we're essentially five six weeks into the season, but really uh, only three um, weeks into the season because of the 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 games that had to be postponed and delayed and moved. Um, give me a couple of teams that have surprised you early on in the season that you weren't really expecting that much out of that have uh, kind of showed you something here that you didn't expect to start off the year. Well, it, it, I think it's it, it's it's kind of to be honest with you, it's kind of hard to tell because given it it's the, the layoff, and I don't think we're going to get a, a good answer. Like, because after this week, we were supposed to be finding out, okay, who was going to start being more in terms of okay, who's really putting themselves in position for playoff spot. And we're not going to get that now because now we've got to have we have this mass onslaught of uh, makeup games. It just really is really hard to really hard to put a pinpoint onto that question at this particular point because it's. It's one of those things that's where it's like, who do you really think is standing out? And you really, really don't know. But, I mean, if, if you really want to 
But I really want to point out a couple of teams that I really think could be really just, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't expect Mainland to lose the Bartram Trail. That would have been one of those things where I would have expected Mainland to be coming in undefeated at this point against Dr. Phillips and they're not. And now Dr. Phillips has got that momentum, so we've got that thing. You know, I think the one interesting is looking at some of these, it's, you know, it's just who's really standing out. I don't think we're going to kind of get a know of who's standing out until another couple of weeks, just because, like you said, we may be five weeks into the season, but we're technically, we're, we're technically, this feels like week three, not week five. And that's, yeah. And, and, and staying on that tune, listen, we as a staff uh, went through uh, all of the, all of the, I mean, we missed our Miramar game, which we're not going to make up. Um, and then we, we had to postpone um, a district game um, against Coconut Creek. So now w- there's obviously a mess that's been made here by, by the weather conditions and the, and the hurricane. What are, some of the, what are some of the rules, per se, or what are, what are, what are some of the pressures that exist here? What's going to happen with those games that were missed, especially, um, you know, like in our situation well, where one was a district game? What, what, what's going to happen there with those games? Well, your district game has to be made up. That's that's the definite still, you know, in the 5A through 8A, your district games are still required to be made up. The thing is, there's pressure on, there's some teams that are feeling the pressure that they need to get these games made up, especially in the lower classifications where you don't have districts. You need to make up the games because you don't want to go below the eight-game minimum if you can avoid, if you, if you can try to stay within that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing. With, with what that what happens if you do go below that eight-game minimum? What happens there? The, 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 the FHA does have a thing where the executive director with, with George Common, he can actually waive that requirement, and there's a good chance we're going to see that actually happen with a lot of teams because it's either trying to – the teams are trying to find the best way to either reschedule the games, which some teams are not interested in playing three games in seven days. Some are doing sure. it because they know they have to, but some don't want to do it because they refuse to do it, and that's just where – you know, okay, well, if you don't make up that game, that becomes a scratch on your schedule. Now, we've seen where a couple of teams, we've got Dennis and Dunbar, not even been scheduled to play this, each other this year, and they, they put a game, they're, they're playing each other tonight because they want to, teams want to go out and hit. That's right. the thing. They yeah. want to get out there on the field, they want to hit, and because of that, they're going to play, but they're not going to get any points out of it because that was not originally on the schedule. So, mm-hmm. that, you, you kind of have to take your lumps here as to, okay, what do I do? Well, you know, that that's the thing for these teams is what do you exactly do? And that's – and all that. So it, it's pretty yeah, much, you uh, know, just everything. Uh, yeah, the the whole point total system thing, um, you know, we'll find out in the long run if it's a great idea. Kudos oh, yeah. to the state for trying to do something because the what we had before was broken. You and I have talked about it several times on the show. But it's just so unfortunate that you implement this thing this year and we have this unprecedented um, event come through here. I mean, we get hurricanes all the time, but I think in, just in my recent memory, this is probably the biggest mess by a hurricane. Um, you've been at this longer than me. Have you ever seen anything um, as big or bigger a mess in scheduling than this? Uh, I can't even remember 2004 being this big of a mess. I know that some areas did have some areas, especially in 2005 also had a couple of areas where it was thing, but you know, it was more limited in certain areas as to how big the mess was this right. time. You, you're talking 80% of the state. No, this, you, 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 I have never seen 80% of the state like this where 
a lot of your schools are having to figure out how to make up the game, especially since even the Panhandle schools got, did get affected in week three because the state told them, hey, shut school down. You're, nobody's having school because we need shelters, which, you know, it, 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 I don't – even just looking at the whole entire thing, even being out of the hurricane for five days and realizing, hey, we're not having football this week. And I, I even said it to myself. Right after Irma passed, I'm like, there is no way schools are getting back in this week that have been in the areas that affected. There is no way we're playing football games in most areas, unless you're really trying. You're, you're really trying to get it done. And a lot of teams had not practiced. And I'm like, this is just not. It's this is. I, this will go down as the year. You 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 gonna tell you you gonna tell future kids and you to future grandkids. Yeah, 2017 was not a fun year. Yeah, we're just hoping that football. this is, um, you know, an anomaly, just one of all those things that have come together. Because listen, we've had we've had two hurricanes, actually three, if you count Jose who's coming, um, and 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 you know broke up, and then Maria coming. We've had a bunch of hurricanes coming, and then we have an earthquake, and you know some people are saying the sky's falling and the world's going to come to an end. Um, hopefully, this is just one of those anomaly type years and not. Um, one of those things that's going to happen annually, and we'll, we might forget 2017 because we've got things that are worse coming down the road. I sincerely hope that. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things. And, I mean, I went through I went through three of the four in 2004, and I just can't remember ever being this bad. I mean, I might have missed three days of school, but not, not see kids where they missed potentially between seven and ten days of school. And now they're, the school districts are all on us trying to figure out how do we make up these days. Well, you know, I mean, it can bless their souls for, for trying to figure that out. And, I mean, I mean especially everybody, you know, the coaches, the athletic directors, the volunteers, everybody, even up to the FHAA, because trying to figure out and coordinate with 800-member schools to figure out not only just football schedules and dealing with that, it's dealing with, you know, you've got five other fall sports that have been affected here. So it's really, right. you know, it's, and, and the FHA is trying to keep it on even kill with the schedules because it's it's more than just, oh, can we move the season back a week? No, you just can't just push the calendar back a week because it's not that easy. You've got contracts to deal with. You, you want to break a contract? Well, then you got a lawsuit waiting for you at the next court. So, yeah, for those you know, it's, that, that uh, may have thought, and, and again, this is just for the, the uh, you know, our parents and, and high school football fans are thinking about it. Why can't you just move the season back a year? I mean, a week, um, and and move the championship uh, games um, in Orlando back a week. Why can't that just be done? It's just because, well, one one last year when the when the one A through four A got got pushed back a week it was because the MHA had the contract for that second week in done anyways, and they were they were able to work it out. Plus that that was on that was on that was on Camping World Stadium and and, and Florida Citrus Sports. To, to work that out, to, to rearrange that calendar because they, they wanted to host the ACC championship game. Now because now the FHA is locked into this contract, it's, a, it's you know, for all, all games on one weekend and everything, now everything else, you, you, it, there's no – it would not be, you know, if, okay, if Camping World had the ne- next week, that ne- next weekend available, I could see there might be a potential chance the FHA would probably, probably look at it. But – that's not the case. You've got a bowl game the next weekend. So that means, okay, the FCA breaks the contract. They're, they got a lawsuit waiting on them. Then you have no site for the state championship games. Where are you going to play them? Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty much the reality we're looking at. And, you know, technically, after the, after in the next week, October's going to be here. And that means these, that means we're going to be less than two months out from state championship games. I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where the, month in, where the entire month of September go, went. I'm going to say, hey, thanks, Irma. 
Yeah, Irma swept the entire month of September up north and took took everything along with her. Well, listen, man, it, it's always great to have someone like you to come on and make sense of all of this madness. Uh, I'm just so happy to be um, going out and coaching a football game tonight, and I know that's the case for many folks, just uh, kids happy to get back out there, get into their pads. It's uh, You know, this getting out there on the gridiron um, essentially is the last piece um, to returning to normal. There's, you know, you got your power back in your home and then you get back out on the football field and now everything seems to be normal. And that's going to be the case for people all up and down the state, uh, tonight. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So so looking forward to that. We'll see how everything shakes out, see who's able to shrug off all the distractions, uh, that the, that the storm brought to us. And, uh, for you folks out there that are listening, um, you know, I, I say this every time the one great follow on uh, a Friday night, is uh is Florida HS football oh. on on Twitter. And I will say this and at the FLAHS football on Twitter and then the scoreboard show ten PM tonight video it's free on NFHSnetwork.com so you can find it there. Listen I'll have all the score updates coming in. Yeah, yeah, you definitely that's definitely where you want to be. Whether you're at the game that you're looking at or you're just sitting at home, uh you gotta go follow FLAHS football on Twitter, FLAHS football on Twitter. Josh, thanks again. See you next week. Appreciate it, Chad. Take it. Have a good one. All right. College football and NFL picks are coming up next here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! show with me to wrap things up, but I uh, can't go on a football Friday without handing out the picks from me and Emil Calamino. As I told you, Emil is off uh, basking in the sun out west in California, so I'm going to offer up his picks. In college football, here's what Emil likes. He likes the Iowa Hawkeyes against Penn State. Uh, you know, Penn State's been everyone's darling uh, going into the season, and they haven't disappointed coming out and doing what they've been asked to do, but uh, Emil thinks 
12 and a half points is a little bit too much chalk for Penn State, um, who may be, you know, looking ahead to bigger and brighter things. He says, ask Michigan about playing at Iowa. It's not the easiest thing to do. He thinks this one's going to be close. He predicts a Penn State 27, Iowa 24. He also likes Colorado in their game against Washington. He thinks uh, Washington has a played a team. They haven't played a team with a pulse. Colorado can uh, do some things, and this, is, again, is a rematch. There's some revenge involved right there. Uh, this was also a game I was eyeballing and thinking the same thing with him. A lot of points for Washington here as they face their first real opponent. I think this game will be close. Amo thinks so, too, so he likes uh, Colorado in this game as an 11.5-point underdog. And then, finally, he's sticking to his love. It's the Pac-12. He's going to take Cal in their game against USC, um, which is strong considering that Amo's a big USC homer. Um, he thinks USC off of two big emotional games against Stanford and Texas might not have enough juice for Cal um, and thinks Cal keeps a, gets an early lead, fails to hang on, but um, in terms of a point spread, hangs on enough, and he likes Cal plus 17. Uh, for me, in the college football ranks, listen, Ohio State has been hearing all the BS, and if you know Urban Meyer, he's one to uh, take losses hard. I feel sorry for UNLV making the trip to Columbus. Um, there's only one thing really for Ohio State to do here to get themselves back up off the uh, canvas, and that is completely and totally smash UNLV and do all types of bad things to them. The line is now 40. Um, I think Ohio State gets into the 50s here and probably doesn't allow UNLV to sniff the goal line much. Maybe they get a, a field goal to stay out of the goose egg, but uh, I think there's a whole lot of points by Ohio State here and not very many by UNLV. Um, I like TCU. I touched on this game against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has gone out and dominated some opponents coming into the season. There were some people talking about Oklahoma State. And uh, after these blowout wins, they may have a little bit of a – this is a good team. Uh, let me not, you know, give the impression that I don't think that they have a legit shot at being the champion of the Big, tw- uh, Big 12 and also getting into – the uh, final four, they have that opportunity, but I just think they might be a little bit big headed here. And I think people are underselling TCU. TCU is a good football team. I think they are a team that has a chance to win the big 12. And so to hang a double digit number on them close to two touchdowns is a slap in TCU's face. And one that I think they're going to respond to. I like them as 12 and a half point underdogs. I think this is the first real game for Oklahoma state. They're going to have to battle it out. And I think we're looking at a pretty good big game here. Notre Dame. Um, listen, they've been all over the place. Uh, I don't like this football team right now. And I definitely don't like them as a road favorite against Michigan state. Um, Sure, they are going to want to respond. Uh, you saw Brian Kelly in the last press conference uh, after the game. He was, um, you know, very touchy, um, which doesn't take much for him. But nevertheless, they're on the road laying some points against a Michigan State team, another team uh, in this country that people are kind of overlooking. And um, I'm not buying into that. I think Michigan State holds tough. And then who knows what Brian Kelly is going to look like in a press conference after this game. Switching over to the NFL, coming with Amos picks. He likes Buffalo. Um, in a big game against Denver. Denver went out, smacked Dallas around. Everyone's been talking about it. They looked absolutely great. Um, typically, you know how those things end up being when a team looks really, really great. There's a little bit too much mustard put on uh, their sandwich the next week. Amel agrees with that. Uh, he likes Buffalo as a straight-up winner. He has a three-point underdog at home. And um, he, you know, he thinks uh, Denver shot their load last week. He also likes Detroit. Detroit's been playing good ball. Atlanta went out, had the big game on Sunday night against Green Bay. You know, a very emotional win for them. Big-time game. He doesn't think that they are going to answer the bell against a Detroit team that was 
surprising so far. Um, they did have a Monday night game, but Emil doesn't feel like that's going to affect them enough here. He likes them as a straight-up winner, thinks uh, Detroit will get the win over Atlanta. And then finally, he likes Philadelphia. He thinks that's it for the New York Giants. Um, with their backs against the wall, he thinks the Giants fail again. Um, I was a big Philadelphia supporter coming into the season. I've seen nothing to change that. Amo likes them here, though. Uh, thinks they'll win by two touchdowns. Doesn't like <laughs> left tackle Eric Flowers. He's a turnstile, uh, which is suited for a, a team, a suited analogy for a team playing in New York. Just doesn't think uh, that they're going to be able to protect Eli. There's a lot not going right for the New York Giants right now. So he likes Philadelphia. So that's Philadelphia minus six, Detroit plus three, and Buffalo plus three. Uh, as the NFL picks for Amel this weekend. Uh, I'm going to go with Baltimore uh, versus Jacksonville. Jacksonville got that. um, They got that win early in the season, and that might be their win for the month. I don't know. Um, You know, they look better. I'm just not sold on this Jacksonville team. Uh, I think they surprised some people um, with the opener at Houston, but uh, now in their first of three road games, coming up back-to-back-to-back here. Or actually, this is a home game for them, but they're going to be heading into back-to-back road games next week. Um, I I just don't like them here. I I think uh, Baltimore is the move here. I like them as a four-point favorite in this game. Hey, you know, Amos taking Denver after their big win over Dallas. I'm going to take Dallas after their big loss versus Denver. Um, They're taking on Arizona in this contest. Uh, Arizona got a win. They pulled a win out of you-know-where last week against Indianapolis, losing behind for most of the game. Um, they came up with, uh, with, with the plays that they needed to make at the end, got the win over the Colts. Um, and I think they may have a false impression of themselves. Things are not okay in Arizona have not looked good in their first two games. They got dominated by Detroit. Um, the Colts are struggling right now and, uh, they, it took, it took overtime for them to get that win. And they just didn't look good at all. Dallas is going to, if you're going to get a good game out of Dallas this season, this would be the time they got embarrassed, um, against Denver on uh, pretty much national television. I think that game was uh, in most of the homes last Sunday uh, afternoon, and uh, I really think Dallas responds here on the road. Uh, I like them as three-point favorites in this game. And then, crazy enough, Kansas City's been playing great ball. The Chargers don't look so hot, and there's all this stuff about um, you know their stadium and should they be back in Los Angeles and blah, 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 blah. You know what? This line is suspicious. Kansas City playing great ball. They knocked off the mighty New England. Uh, Patriots in the opener came back with another good game last week against Philadelphia. It's only three-point favorite against the Chargers, who no one really feels good about the Chargers. I find that line to be suspicious. So I'm going to jump on the Chargers in this one and think the uh, Kansas City Chiefs get caught napping. It happens in the NFL, and I think uh, that's what we're looking at right here. So those are my picks. I'm going to take Baltimore minus four, Dallas minus three, and the Chargers as three-point underdogs at home. Read them and weep. That's where we're at. I want to thank you all for joining me here for uh, this first football Friday edition of the 2017 season. I appreciate that. Y'all hanging in with me as I've been gone for the last two weeks. Uh, that hur- Those hurricanes are something else. Knockout power, knockout, uh, throw your schedule off. But uh, I'm happy that we have high school football back on the field tonight. And again, for those of you listening, American Heritage taking on Chaminade, 7 p.m. ESPNU tonight. Got to check it out. High school football. It's the lifeblood. Thank you all for listening. See you guys next week. Good on such show. Hey, man, how many offers do you have? Well, I got about 10. 
Miami, Florida, Florida State, Auburn, USC, and more. How many you got? None yet. None? <laughs> Is this you? Are you sitting there with no offers whatsoever? Are you a good football player? Then head over to gridironstuds.com right now. At Gridiron Studs, you can create your own profile for free and post your highlight video. College football coaches are visiting gridironstuds.com on a daily basis looking for prospects. But they won't find you if you're not there. Don't keep your talents on the field a secret. Put up your free profile right now on gridironstuds.com and get college football coaches' eyes on you. Visit us now at gridironstuds.com or follow us on Twitter at gridironstuds. Gridironstuds.com. Make yourself be seen. 